Welcome to the Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Podcast. Your host, Carol Dixon Carr, is an educator of and a participant in many diverse subjects, and she loves it that way. When the spirit hits her, she'll bring you personal stories, as well as the stories of special guests, of how they navigate those multiple passions while managing mental, spiritual, physical, and emotional energy in their lives. And by extension, she will share how you can do the same in your life as a whole. So without further ado, here's Carol. Hi, everyone. I am happy to be here with my, well, one of my sisters from another mister, the lovely Kim Andrews. Kim's professional career spans a wide range of industries from fitness and wellness to training and development and the investigation of federal employment discrimination complaints. In February 2018, though, she began serving as spiritual leader of Unity Saxe in Saxe, Texas. That same year, she also realized that for three decades, she had been unwittingly crafting a modality of skills that transformed her life, once governed by chaos and feelings of unworthiness, to one of peace and self-mastery. Her ministry then expanded to shepherding others into inner sanctuary through her healing modality, and creating the movement called 8945. <laughs> you can find out more about her at thecalltopeace.com. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Carol. Good to see you. Yeah. Seems like it's just been too long. I know I seen a few days ago, but still, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we had too long of a break there. We can't do that anymore. Way too long of a break. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because Kim and I go way back. We moved to Dallas. 15 years ago, almost like within months of each other. And so there's a bond there. Even if we don't, you know, those, you know, you have those friends who um, you don't talk for a while, but there's no beef. It's just like, oh, we'll just fall right into it once we connect again. And we did. It was, it's nice when it happens like that, isn't it? It really is. So I'm just going to let you talk. So we're going to let you just kind of share how you became, because I watched, because we kind of lead parallel lives with all the things that we get into, because we both sing and we both, you know, we do a lot of things that are similar. But I don't have the gift that you do of getting up there and just letting the spirit kind of fall through you and you just deliver a, an amazing talk each time. That's a gift. <laughs> so anyway, I would just love for you to tell us a little bit about your story and how you became interested in all those things, the challenges, the triumphs. You can be vulnerable. You are safe here. Okay. So this has been a, a long time journey. And uh, I can say for sure that all of this happened as a result of me uh, developing a spirituality that worked for me and that was meaningful for me and really turned my life around. So really, I just kept saying yes to whatever I felt I was inspired to do, even though I didn't know what it meant, even though I'd never done it before, even though I didn't know what next steps were and uh, didn't know what was coming down the pike. I do say now that I am grateful that I didn't know what was coming down the pipe when I said yes to various things, because I probably would have said no. Uh, all Probably everything on my list that I'm doing now would have terrified me if I had known what the journey would look like. And so I think there's a beauty in saying yes to whatever the universe or God or the creator, the Holy Spirit, whatever people believe in, whatever they call their their source or their foundation, destiny, whatever you call it. 
I think there's a beauty in not knowing what you're really being called to, because as long as you're open and you trust and you're willing to say yes, you can be led into the most fantastic experiences. Uh, and I'm, I'm just grateful for it all. I mean, I live a life now that I could not have imagined uh, 15 years ago when you and I met. Yeah, for sure, because I remember, and it was funny, because I remember you saying, and I think I even mentioned it, without mentioning your name in one of my solo shows, I'm like, there's some of these people who get these nudges from the universe, and they're like, Bob and Weaving, you talking to me? <laughs> you, know? you can't be talking to me. <laughs> I mean, you were exactly who I was thinking about when I was like, listen, yeah, but she hears that, I feel, and I'm here, I was thinking, maybe I need a hearing aid, but she's hearing it and Bob and Weaving, but now is rolling with it. <laughs> Yeah, and there were a lot of moments where, you know, I got inspired and usually it was in my morning meditation. You know, I'm sitting in the quiet in the morning. That's a daily habit for me. And something would come up and I would think, what? Uh, no, I'm not your girl. I'm not your girl. That wasn't in my plans. You know, I used to think I had, you know, ducks and they were all in a row. And mm -hmm. I, I like to plan. I like to organize. I so loved control. And then I learned there really is no control. And the only thing we have control over is ourselves. And so, uh, you know, I had all this control in my life, or thought I did. And I just had a grip. Let's put it that way. I was white knuckling it through life, hoping, hoping nothing would divert me off of my path that I so uh, strongly constructed. And I would hear something, and uh, the first one that really scared me was writing a book. And I just thought, you know what, I'm not your girl. I don't want to write a book. I don't want to do women's groups. I don't like women's groups. I don't want to do women's groups. Why me? And I did. I ran from it for a while. Like you said, bobbing and weaving, <laughs> running in the book pattern. I would hear it again. I mean, the idea kept coming back to me, back to me, back to me. Ideas for the book kept coming back to me. And finally, I just said, okay, all right. Oh my gosh, stop talking to me. <laughs> that sounds crazy. And I started it and it was just a fantastic experience. I, it, it inspired, I grew because of it. I had started to drop my baggage. Mm -hmm. I was feeling things in my life that I just didn't know I was carrying through this journey. And it was just fantastic for me. And uh, it's something I would not have said yes to. I, I didn't want to write a book. And, yeah. and here the, you know, spirit was calling me forth to do that. And finally, I just acquiesced to surrendered and said, you know, all right, here I am. What are we doing with this? <laughs> right? Yeah. And I remember like the things went together really well with your gatherings too. Even you said, oh, man, this group. But you, you ran that. It was awesome. And I remember I couldn't, have, I, I would hate that I would go out of town and miss a meeting whenever you guys would have those circles. The I did that every month for seven years, seven years. And it was the most fantastic thing. And first I thought, uh, uh, you know, nobody's going to come. Nobody wants to come to my house and, and talk and be open and be authentic. And so, but the idea kept coming back to me again. The message kept coming, showing up, coming up in different ways. People would say things, I'd hear something and think, geez, maybe I really should get women together and create a space for them to share the things they don't share with anybody else. You know, growing up, I didn't have people who talked to me about their lives. You know, my family didn't talk. 
and you were just expected to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and go to work the next day. And, you know, you'll get over it. You'll get over it. Mm. You know, and all I did was hide it. I didn't get over it. I didn't process it. I didn't transform through it. And so I thought, I think it's a good idea to get women together and see if anybody wants to do this thing. And I had 16 people show up with the first one. And then I realized it's a lot of women to have in the room and be able to have everybody be able to share. So I figured 12 was a good number. And I, I did that for seven years. And it was just amazing what happened in those circles. Women who had or said they had very good friends would share things that they never said to their friends because yeah. they were afraid. They were afraid they wouldn't be accepted. They were afraid that their friends would judge them negatively. They thought nobody understands. They thought nobody else is going through this. And then they would hear people echoing the same feelings throughout the room. And it was liberating for all of us, every single one of us. For sure. And, And then magically, magically, quote unquote, there would be a theme that would rise up at every single gathering. It yes. It seemed like even though we came in with different topics, it was all about unworthiness or uh, the, the uh, imposter syndrome. Yes. It was about afraid to be loved, uh, that we, uh, that our dreams are never come, will never come true, something like that. And the end of the session, People just felt bonded and refreshed. They felt lighter. They felt better than when they first walked through the door. It's just an amazing experience. Yeah. And I'm thinking about at some point doing that again, because I think it's still necessary. Yeah. And I just know, just observing you on it, Kim is the type of person that gives that safe space for people to express themselves without fear of being judged and also feeling supported. That was that was a really wonderful, wonderful experience. And you were sitting there in the back of your mind thinking, nobody much, you did it anyway. What was that catalyst that says, well, they might not show up and that might be humiliating. Okay, I'm using my words because that's probably what I'd be thinking. I'm like, if nobody shows up, I'd be so embarrassed, da, da, da. Maybe I just won't do it. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and do it, but why? You know, what what what, what was your catalyst that said, even though maybe nobody will show up, I'm going to do this thing anyway. So I, over the years, learned to trust what my intuition called me to do. And I started out very early on in my spirituality journey, uh, trusting the universe spirit, I call it source or the creator, that whatever that whatever my intuition is saying, that spirit leading me, guiding me. And that is for my highest and best. So I started with little things like uh, the sun would be out in the morning and all of a sudden I'd hear it before I was leaving the house, take your umbrella. And I would think, well, the sun's out. I don't need my umbrella. And then a couple of hours later, I'm stuck in a rainstorm. Hmm. And it would come to me and I'd think, ah, something told me to take my umbrella. I'd, I'd, have a series of appointments throughout the day. And I would, I, I'm always reading a book, always, always. And so if I have a spare five minutes, I want to read my book. So there would be days where I would go out for my appointments and something would say, take your book with you. And I would say, no, I've got all my appointments stacked up in a row. I won't have time to do that. I got plenty of just enough time to go from appointment to appointment and be on time. 
And then lo and behold, something would happen to one of my appointments. I'd be somewhere and I would have an extra half hour to an hour with nothing to do away from home. And I could have been reading my book and I would think, here I go again, something told me to take my book. So I started to have this trust in whatever I was inspired to do. So by that time, as I started to trust, I would say, for lack of a better phrase, bigger and bigger requests or inspirations. And I would say, okay, I can trust with the little things. I'm going to try the big things. And so with things like this, with a new venture, with having these gatherings, I thought exactly what you thought. I'm going to be humiliated. I'm going to send out this invitation. Nobody's going to show up. I'll be all at my own party all by myself. (laughs) And then I'll crawl back into my little hole and feel as unworthy as I always thought I was. (laughs) And 16 people showed up and loved it. Yes. Loved it. It was. And I did it it for seven years. So I, I learned that I could trust my intuition and that whenever I do trust it, things always turned out better than I originally thought they would. Yeah, that's cool. Because I know for me, like I said, I felt like, hmm, do I need a hearing aid? Because sometimes <laughs> with those, even just like you said, like those tiny little inklings, once I started paying attention to those, I'm like, oh, this is, and that, because I have had this whole bout with anxiety and fear of the unknown, and it still creeps up every now and then nowadays. But I think, like you said, trusting the, the intuition, even the tiny little inklings, that trusting that all is well, even if you're in the midst of, chaos and i think especially when you're in the midst of chaos because that's when it's hard to think rationally and that's when it's hard to discern what's going on because your emotions might be high whether it's excitement anger sadness grief uh confusion frustration whatever it is and it's hard to think logically and that's when when you're trusting and you have something that you can trust something comes up and you recognize, quote unquote, the voice, here I go with the air quotes again, the (laughs) voice that you hear or the feeling that you get that says, do that. And it comes up in the middle of the confusion and the chaos. Mm -hmm. And then you you know to your, the deepest level that what you just heard is right for you to do. Yeah, and that's so comforting. Yeah, it gives me peace. It gives me, it lets me know that I don't have to have it all figured out. It lets me know that I don't have to have, uh, I don't have to find those ducks and put them in a row and and hope that they won't start quacking and running away, (laughs) getting feathers (laughs) and trying to bite me and stuff. No, that's an an image. (laughs) Yeah, that is an image. (laughs) Angry ducks. Oh my gosh. I see it now. This is hilarious. Oh gosh. I'll probably have that dream tonight. Right. Going down that rabbit hole of ducks. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, that's wild. But yeah, so yeah, it's so clear to me that you've got a really strong spiritual foundation. I, I know that. I've I've always known you said you were fitness and I know that we're we both even though you look more the part I I like to work out too <laughs> I love to work out it's really good for my my uh, physical energy and that kind of thing but I would love for you to just talk about generally speaking you've already touched on a few things but how you manage your mental emotional spiritual physical energy as you're doing all the things 
So one of them is meditation, like I mentioned, daily meditation. And that is a skill that I learned. And I think it is a skill to be able to sit in the quiet with nothing but your thoughts, your feelings, just you and your breath and no distractions, which is hard to do in these days and times, especially with cell phones. We're attached to them. And uh, sometimes we're attached to them emotionally more than just having them in our hands. So daily meditation, uh, working out five, six days a week, working out just enables me to clear my head. Mm -hmm. It's given me a mental focus that I didn't have before. Meditation also gave me a deep mental focus. Uh, working out burns off that energy. I can, I am probably type A plus plus plus. <laughs> so I can, I can be at fever pitch a lot during the day and working out just helps me chill out and it helps me to think. It gives me a high sense of achievement because I was not a athletic child. I mean, I didn't, you know, I was a bookworm. I love sitting and reading a book for hours. And so being physically fit and doing something uh, that I never thought I could do, which is to be physically strong, gives me a very high sense of achievement, which enables me to have the strength to do other things during the day that I didn't think I could do. Right. And I say, well, I'm lifting weights. I didn't think I could wait, lift. I am uh, at a, have a certain level of fitness at an age where most people are feeling like they're in a decline, physical decline. And so that keeps me believing that there are things that I can do that I never thought I could. Yeah. All you have to do is try it. All you have to exactly. do is stick with it. Try it and stick with it. Yeah. And there's people like a third of our ages that don't have the level of fitness that you do, or even me. And I think you might be, you probably have more stamina than I do, but, and, and you're older than I am. So that's really super, super cool. <laughs> you can do push-ups. I can't do push I still envy that you can do real push-ups. Push I just struggle to do them on my, on my knees. I love that you can do push-ups. I keep saying one of these days I'm going to start. And yet I have not. Yeah, I don't know. I just for just I did it for that challenge, but I'm just like, I don't love push-ups. <laughs> I felt pretty invincible when I was doing it. Can't say that I love them. <laughs> but they do the job. They get that you know, and I'm, as we get older, the whole idea of keeping our bones healthy and if we and I tend to be a little clumsy, so if I fall then maybe nothing breaks, that kind of thing. That's yeah. So that's one of those yeah. things that you, you know, the other thing that really helps me is uh spending time with my my friends people like you my other sister friends uh, that's where i am nurtured that's where i get to nurture that's where i get to speak the things on my heart and let go share my fears share my dreams have you celebrate with me you know i um there's just nothing like it gosh now i feel the emotion coming up it's just yeah. Because you and, and other relationships in my life just saved me at times when I just really struggled. When I, there, I have friends like you and uh, other friends I can just come to mind right away that believed in me when I couldn't believe in myself. And everybody needs to some of these things. Yeah. And I would just say, oh my gosh, I just don't think I was 
it, it was going to happen. And people like you and my friends, Deb and Elizabeth and PJ and Melinda and others just said, you know, yes, you can. And you have this. And I see this in you. And it was it was those connections that just propelled me forward at times when I didn't have it myself. Yeah. Uh, it's just so important, I think, for not just women, for everybody. We need those connections. Sure. And I think we're here on this earth to share and to be with each other, to help each other along. And there is nothing like having sister friends that you really can walk this journey with completely and authentically. It's important. It's so important. And I know it's made a huge difference in my life. It really has. Yeah, I know it's a while. Fifteen years goes by so fast because I remember when we first met, we would go karaoke just so that you could get the confidence to get up there and sing. And now you're just like leading stuff, and it's just like you wouldn't have even people didn't know that you had the stage fright and all that. And no, no, yeah. get up there and sing my song and lead my songs. <laughs> oh, I was terrified of singing in front of an audience, and. I remember the first few times. I remember we were in choir mm -hmm. rehearsal and, you know, Neil, our choir director, would have me sing in front of the choir, turn and face all of me. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified of that because I'm thinking, oh, they're just judging me and they're all so much better than I am. And who am I to be singing in front of everybody? And so that, again, was a muscle. And thank mm -hmm. goodness for Neil because he really had a masterful way of pulling people out and helping them sing in a way that they never thought they could. Yeah, yeah, and I know. That's... Find that strength and that courage, really. Sure. Yeah, Neil, he's one. He's one for the ages. He helped me expand my range too. So yeah, that's a. It's like, oh, look at me! I can go to the basement now. I can go up to the steeple. <laughs> Nice. It feels like you're flying. You hit those high notes and mm -hmm. then you hit the low notes and those beautiful alto tones and everything else and it's just mm -hmm. uh, I, I tell Neil from time to time I still do even though we have not sung together as a choir for years yeah times when I text him because I was singing something and I think you know I'm just so grateful for him mm -hmm. for helping me and because you know singing something and it, some days is you know the feeling where you just feel like it's like flight to me yes yes otherworldly like being able to fly and mm -hmm. uh, it's a beautiful thing it really is a beautiful thing yeah it feels spiritual for me i think that's one of my and even though i haven't done a whole lot of performing lately aside that martin luther king was the last thing i did that was interesting in a pandemic but anyway i digress <laughs> but yeah just in my car just singing along and whatever well i'm just like a happier person that kind of thing it's oh me too i can be singing in the car and have goosebumps all over mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm just in this moment and so grateful that I, you know, you have this gift of song. We all do. It's just that we all don't think we do. Mm -hmm. I think we should all be in a space at some point where we're just singing our hearts out no matter what we sound like. Right. It's good for our souls, I think. It really is. Make a joyful noise. Yes, yes. <laughs> so as you were navigating... Because I know I watched, I've watched your journey while you were doing the investigations and you're doing the red circle and trying to get, keep, you know, stay in shape and all that stuff. Were there any things, were there any instances where you're like, wow, you know, I'm just, this is a lot. How do I keep moving? 
Or were you was it steady as she goes along the way? No, I have those moments probably every other day <laughs> where I think, wow, this is a lot. I think, I don't know that I have what it takes to do all of this. Why did I think this is, was a good idea? I say that a lot. And, and then I just go back to that confidence I have that I'm called to do this. And if I am called to do this, then that means I was given everything I need in order to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But there are some days where I have to say that out loud to myself. I have to remind myself and I have to say, the only reason I was called to do this is because I do have everything I need in order to do it. And if I don't have it, I will, the p- people, the resources, the money, the references, the tools, all of it will be made known to me at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. But there are days when I say, okay, where is it? Where's <laughs> my stuff? <laughs> Where's my stuff? Yes. Yeah, I feel like I'm out there. And then I, I just go back to being calm. I go back to the silence and I think, all right, what's next? And I may say out loud, what's next? What do I do now? What do I do in this moment? And the answer always comes. And sometimes what I need to do in the moment is just to sit still and stop worrying about, do I have it or don't I have it? Mm-hmm. Just, be still. just be still, just sit. And just be, because it's not always about the striving. Right. It's not always about that. And I can get strive focused. And I can get productivity focused. And sometimes I think we're just called to be. And we're called to think. We're called to commune with whatever it is you call this this energy in the world. And... Then I find my peaceful place and somehow I know what the next step is. Yeah. Sometimes I just needed to catch my breath and stop worrying about it. Stop worrying about it. Just be, it's all okay. It really is all okay. Yeah. What I'm taking away from all of this is that as long as you're trusting the process all is well, you, you know, you're not going to fall into, you know, the tar pit and boil, be boiled alive. <laughs> you might fall in the pit, but you don't have to stay in it. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, you might feel like you're singed by the tar, <laughs> but you'll be okay. It'll scab over and heal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, it's, and it's all okay at the same time. And I, so I think this trust is uh, in this healing modality that you mentioned in my bio that having a foundation for life is the first step in self-mastery. And it's the first step in healing. We all have to know what is it that we stand on? What is your foundation? Whether it's your faith, uh, a belief in destiny, a belief in goodness, a belief in kindness, whatever that is, we need to know what our foundation is because at any given moment in life, the proverbial rug can be pulled out from under us, whether yeah. it's a death in the family, whether it is loss of a job, uh, some other kind of loss or circumstance comes up, betrayal by a friend, uh, a fight with our spouse or partner. Uh, something comes up and it knocks us off our center. And we have to know what is it that helps us come back up to center and being grounded. 
-hmm. Otherwise, we're utterly lost. That's what I have found. Yes. And in these days and times, I think in any given time, people always think we're going to hell in a handbasket. Every generation has thought, oh, these are the end times. Oh, my gosh. It's never been worse. And here, especially with this pandemic, and we're still in it, even though we're back to life Mm -hmm. and moving around and gathering in, in groups again, people are feeling like they're on quicksand all the time. Yeah. And they have no foundation. They don't know what's next. They're afraid of it. And it's so important to have a foundation, to know what it is, to know how to trust it. And how do you get back to feeling it again when you feel knocked off of your center? Mm -hmm. And so without a foundation, I think life is chaotic. And mine certainly was for decades until I found that. And that's the, the first step in that healing modality to, to identify your foundation, to trust it, and to live as if you know what that foundation is. And that's what I do Like we were talking about with the, the process, trusting the process. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm afraid now about what's going to happen today. Oh, my gosh, I'm not going to have enough money to do this or to do that. And then I sit back and I trust and say that because of my beliefs, my foundation, what I know that is, that I will have everything that I need to do everything I'm called to do. And then I relax and I say, I'm thankful for it, whatever it is, whatever it's going to come up. And I know it's going to come. So I just start moving forward. Nice. And it always shows up. Perfect. It always yeah. shows up. Yay! Yeah, this is helpful for me because last night there was a lot of little unexpected little twists and turns. We'll talk offline about what happened. <laughs> and I went to bed and I'm like, I'm not going to get any of my stuff done because I'm just so behind and I lost so many hours of dealing with this crisis. Hmm. And then I went to bed and I did some meditation and I said, oh, and I get to talk to Kim tomorrow. I'm going to be all right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's going to be all right. It'll get done. Even though I'm hours behind, I will catch up and I will bend time and get it done. So, yeah, this is a great, great reminder, everything that you have shared so far. So with that being said, what, what advice would you give our listeners going forward when pursuing their dreams? And especially if they have multiple gifts like we do. I, I say if you really believe you're called to do it and it's many things, I do believe that whatever it is, whatever they are, that they are somehow all connected. Because I believe that each of us, that we each have something that we're here for. And I think it's a specific thing. And so even though you think they may be divergent things, that there is a connection between them all. And there is a way to orchestrate them. And so it becomes like a tapestry Mm -hmm. or a, a symphony. Yeah. I love music, uh, a, a piece of uh, a choral work uh, where there are different voices, different tones. But I think it all comes out to something that is a song that is your song mm-hmm. that's important for you to sing. And I always thought the things that the different things that I do now that they are divergent and they are not. And yeah. it's, at some point I just sat again and I asked out loud in my meditation time what does all this mean? Mm -hmm. 
And how is it connected? How do I do this? How do I make this work? How do I, you're calling me to these things and what, what is it? How do I make this work? And how do I make this the song that I sing? Yeah, lovely metaphor. I'm going to have to use that phrase. How do I make this the song that I sing? That's a great metaphor. It's an amazing metaphor. And I'm looking at everything that I've done. And it's so funny. Hopefully people are younger than me when it's, I finally kind of put it all together. Because, yeah, I was the fourth or fifth decade before I was like, oh, I'm seeing the connection. Well, how about that? And And it feels good. So... Yeah, it does feel good. And then you realize it's uh, that you're not crazy, <laughs> that you're not scatterbrained, uh, that you're not uh, avoiding one thing or another, because that's what I thought. Well, I'm just running to this thing because mm-hmm. I'm afraid of this thing over here. And really, I just need to find how each thing fits the other. How do I prioritize it? How can I make them work together as a cohesive whole? Um, What is really the essence of each thing? And then you'll find that the theme. Mm -hmm. And then I find that there you start to get in a rhythm if you're willing to be open about it and find your place. And so, yes, there's some days I pay more attention to one thing than another. Yeah. And I find myself called back to this other thing. And then I think, okay, this really is working. This really is a symphony. This really is something uh, I love to do. And it all speaks to my heart. And and my heart never misleads me. Yes. And my heart never misleads me. So I'm just going to keep moving forward until I recognize the song. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure any songwriter will tell you that songwriting is a process. Yeah. For sure. And you might have lyrics first, and then you start to have a melody, and then things start to come together. You may have to tweak the words. Yeah. Uh, you may have to do things with the arrangements. Mm-hmm. And then when you start singing it, you may keep tweaking again. And I think mm-hmm. that's what these, uh, you, you know, when you have a, a basket of things that you do, then they start to work together. But you have to be in the process of using them before all of that becomes made known. You just gotta be relentless about it. Mm-hmm. It and works. Fearless. Relentless and fearless. Yeah. And even when you're feeling fearless, there's well, a fearful, that would be me. I, I get into my little place of yikes. But like you said, just getting back into that centered place and breathing. All is well. Because <laughs> yes. I know I I get I get scared I get scared sometimes still oh, I do too <laughs> I do too and there and it's not as bad as it used to be mm-hmm. right and I don't let the fear stop me anymore right or I would just uh, I would turn tail and run mm-hmm. and I would distract myself with a million other things and now I I do it with the fear I just carry the fear and at some point the fear goes away and I yeah. realize that the fear is turning into exhilaration yeah the fear is turning into this you know this feeling where you go oh my gosh I'm really doing it I'm really doing it oh my gosh look mom I'm flying exactly oh, awesome <laughs> you know you kick the training wheels off and you're pedaling yes, yes. And you're enjoying it and you're on this ride and you think man this is good oh I love this. I love this. I love this. 
And so I remember the fear and then I say, okay, uh, we're doing this anyway. And I talk to myself and say, okay, self, we're doing this anyway. I know you're afraid and we're going to keep moving. And, 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 and we're going to keep moving. Yes. Amen. Amen. Okay to be afraid. Yeah. Is what you do with it. And you can channel it because they say that the excitement and fear, they're the same, the same, they, you know, the brain doesn't know the difference. Interesting. Real or imagined. Yeah. yeah. So like, let's, let's choose excitement. Yes. Instead of, what yeah. was the word? No, but no, because you and I came up with another word that was more to guess. That's different. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking excitified instead of terrified, excitified. <laughs> but you and I were putting oh, words together. <laughs> And remember, we were there a lot. Mm -hmm. That was years ago. And it's so nice to see that even though you and I still have fear and there are things that were, uh, that we, you, you know, we get this thing where we're like, oh my gosh, am I really doing this? Mm -hmm. And we're kind of white knuckling it for a little bit. Yeah, I am rarely more to guest these days. <laughs> and if I am, I don't stay there for long. There you go. I rebound like this now. Awesome. And yeah. I, you know, I have tools that help me rebound quickly. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of this metaphor of the hot stove. Like, ooh, that's hot. You don't want to keep it on the hot stove, right? Ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, that's that's, a, that's a, not staying there because I could. I used to be it like two or three decades ago. The week long pity parties. Those were the short pity parties. You know, <laughs> they they used to last for weeks plural and oh yeah that is no way to live oh my god oh, it would derail me from my you know my goals for weeks months and uh, I, I would just would not concentrate on anything that i was called to do mm -hmm. and i would talk about it and then i remember at some point i would say i'm not going to keep talking about that i need to take action. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of this pity party I'm in. I'm tired of this story I have that it's not going to work and I'm, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. And really I wasn't getting to anything, but mm -hmm. the pity party, that's all I was getting to. Yeah. And I was so tired of just getting to something. And so first I stopped talking about it. Yes. Cause I thought that is the most pathetic story. Why am I saying that out loud? Mm -hmm. I don't even want to hear it anymore. I'm sure everybody I'm repeating it to doesn't want to hear it anymore. And so I stopped the story and I started a new story. Yeah. That this is about me moving forward one step at a time. And as long as I keep moving forward, I'll be okay. Yes. I'll eventually get there and it can happen in my time. Right. And and it is all okay. Yes. And the road is not always straight. And sometimes it curves. And sometimes you got a hurdle to jump. Sometimes there's a brick wall and you got to figure out, do I walk around it? Do I scale it? Do I break through it? Whatever it is, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to let the brick wall stop me. And, yeah. and often the brick wall is me. Mm, right. Often the brick wall is me. Yes. So even as we're, we're at a point where I say, yeah, this is good. All is well. And it really, really all is well. Even with sometimes we have things that, because life goes in cycles, we think about where we were. And, and, you know, for the listening audience who say, yeah, I don't know if I'll ever get out of this. Have faith because 
I know I was a one pathetic hot mess, and if you listened to the earlier episodes, you know about that. And, you know, I've watched Kim's journey, and I don't know if she was the same pathetic hot mess as I was, but I remember your confidence levels weren't what they are today. So, and, yeah. So that's yeah. it. Yeah, and I think confidence is a muscle. Mm-hmm. It's just like if you're going to lift weights, and you go from two pounds to five pounds, to seven pounds to 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you when we exercise it and we keep doing things that we never thought we could do before, even if it's as simple as sending an email, making that phone call to somebody mm-hmm. that you wanna interview or somebody that like with me when I was writing my book, it would be someone else that I wanted to contribute to my book, but I was afraid to contact them because I, I would think they're judging me saying, who the heck is she to ask mm-hmm. me to be in this book? I don't wanna be in that little book. And then I would contact people and every last one of them said, oh, absolutely. I'd love to be a part of that. Very cool. And then I'd think, okay, I'm going to keep trying this muscle. I'm going to keep trying this confidence muscle and stepping out there. And, you know, are there days where I feel like I got shot down? Sure. Do do I let it stop me these days? Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. This is a good place. I think this is a good place to just land. And I'll put in the show notes. So you're, you've got a website, thecalltopeace.com. And you have a Facebook page too, right? I do. And it's called The, the Call to Peace. Yeah. So that, that's the, And then you're on Instagram, same idea. The Call mm-hmm. to Peace. So that's the good handle. And, um, and if you, they want to get in touch with you on LinkedIn, I'll put that in the show notes as well. She's a fountain of wisdom, so she'd be a good person to connect with, for sure. And just a light being, even if I don't see her every day. And sometimes weeks and months go, I always know that, you know, I think we vibe even when we don't communicate. So that's a beautiful thing, because we need it. It is, it is. Yeah, really beautiful. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, thank you, too. Thank you for listening to Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life with Carol Dixon Carr. If you'd like to continue the conversation on these topics, head on over to the free Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes along with other resources. And if any of Carol's words resonate with you, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Until next time.